Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss radiation in Kentucky, prostate cancer data, Let's wrap things up. This is episode 97 for the week of August 9th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Maria Mulgrew. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is T56.91 or toxic effect of unspecified metal accidental parentheses unintentional. You will be quizzed on that. Yeah. So it says toxic effect of unspecified metal and it's unintentional. So this is very ambiguous, Maria. It makes no sense to me. (laughs) It's like, this could be lead could be copper right we don't know it's like don't look at me like i it's not my fault i just you know (laughs) i don't know what yeah (laughs) i don't place blame on me i'm just an icd 10 code um the only thing we do know is that it's a metal and it's accidental which is also unintentional so i feel like that's redundant and i think i've said that before for other icd 10 codes in the past episodes but i never understand what's the difference between accidental and unintentional is there something that says intentional accidental i don't know (laughs) And that's a lot. That's it's it's early in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like I, <laughs> I'm gonna need a couple di- a couple weekdays to digest that question. A couple of weekdays. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the news. First up, we have radon radiating from Kentucky. The Kentucky Geological Survey, or KGS, and the Bridging Research Efforts and Advocacy Toward Health Environments, or BREATHE, research group at the University of Kentucky have collaborated to create an interactive radon hazard map available to the public. You see, Kentucky has a high rate of smokers, and the radon gas drastically increases the chance of developing lung cancer. The radon map is available on the internet and combines geologic mapping, radon home test kits, and color-coded hazard values to help residents understand their risk. The researchers found that the radon mapping and communication strategy saved approximately one premature lung cancer death and between $3.4 million and $8.5 million per year. Wow. Wow. Indeed. Indeed. So, you know, Kentucky looks like a, a chicken wing on the geological map for those people who don't know their elementary school geography. Pull up Google. Um, <laughs> has radiation coming through it. So, you know, that's uh, bad news wow. bears. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure. Bad news bears. I'd say like, yeah, it's kind of, it's not so great. So, you know, if you were alive in the sixties and you have yourself a handy dander, handy dandy Geiger counter, uh, pull that bad boy off, dust it off and, uh, you know, do some research in your area or pull up the map because, you know, this is 2021 and you don't need a Geiger counter. You don't live in Chernobyl, but you might have one laying around. Who knows? I know. I got. I got five. Got five. <laughs> you got. You've got five Geiger counters. That's my thing. It's like Beanie oh. Babies for me. <laughs> that's that's actually awesome. Um, I would like to purchase one from you. Cool. Um, that's gonna be like so much money. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, all jokes aside, Maria. I think radon's bad for, I mean, obviously it says it's bad for smokers, but I feel like it's also bad for everybody. Um, But if you happen to be a smoker, again, Geiger counter, or just pull up the map. That's all I got. (laughs) If you need a Geiger counter, I got you, but it's going to be a lot of Maria that you have to trust Um, that I have it. I don't have pictures on me and then I'll, you know, send me the money and I'll, yeah. 
She oh, only accepts Bitcoin so that it's untraceable. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, our email is on our website at etactics.com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't no. actually do that. She's no. not actually selling Geiger counters. No. This is just a bit, guys. But I would sell my Beanie Babies. Oh, okay. All right. So if you're interested in Beanie Babies, <laughs> cash only. Okay. Yeah. Very good. No, but that, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, that they can detect exactly, you know, where the differences in radon is. Um, that's true. And I now, don't know how they do it. I was about to ask how, how they might do that, but. Maybe they just mark it manually. I don't know. Maybe they have, like, you know, those, those civil engineers who are on the side of the road with that little <laughs> device that they, it looks like a, I don't know, it just measures stuff. Maybe it's yeah. like that and it just pings, you know? Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. It's very sure. Minecrafty. That is very Minecrafty. That radon is silent but deadly. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Data for prostate cancer. Researchers at the University of Michigan discovered that a commercially available genomic test called Decipher Biopsy could help identify prostate cancer in patients who are at a high risk of aggressive prostate cancer progression. To improve patient care, researchers are using predictive analytics to determine what type of care an individual should receive. This can either be an active surveillance method or moving forward with surgery or radiation. With these techniques and discoveries, providers can use the predictive analytic test to determine what method of care is best for newly diagnosed patients with prostate cancer, potentially improving outcomes and the quality of care. Um, yeah, prostate cancer is bad. All right. It is. We all know this. Um, another fun fact, Maria, is I heard this from my social studies teacher in high school, so I don't know how accurate it is. Okay. He seemed like a smart guy, so I'll sure. vouch for him on that. Yeah. But he said that apparently it is guaranteed that all men at some point in their life will get prostate cancer. It's just a matter of when. how old they are. So yeah. like you might die before you get it. Right. But you're going to get it at some point. So, and you know, yeah, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I also, I've heard that it's, uh, if you catch it early, it's very like treatable. Right. So like that might be the case with a lot of cancers. And that's fair. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know if, I don't know. I feel like, it, I don't know if there's any, that's the problem, right? Is the symptoms part, which is why yeah. guys need to get those colonoscopies when they're like 50. Right. It sounds terrible. And it probably is terrible. Save your um, life. <laughs> speaking of colonoscopies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, actually, though, there are companies. Have you seen those companies where they like send you everything you need to do for like a DIY colonoscopy kit and then you just mail it back in? Sorry, the use of DIY. I, I'm <laughs> thinking of a colonoscopy, but also I'm thinking of Pinterest right now. Right, um, exactly. I've actually never heard of that. Okay, so there is companies that do that, which is cool. It's convenient. Yeah. It's a new way of thinking. You know, it's kind of like a trend. Sure. Um, and it's supposed to be discreet, right? But the problem is, is anybody, they have the, the logo on the box. So if anybody has seen commercials for this organization they know your neighbors know that's your what you're about to go what you're about to do you just <laughs> you see bob like across the street watching you bring a package and slowly shakes his head and walks back to his <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like well, well i know, you know what gotta hand it to bob you know yeah. he's looking out for his health which is. is good but also very embarrassing <laughs> i mean yeah necessary though 
and like necessary. less embarrassing i'm sure for a lot of people to do it at home by themselves than to go True. and have a whole like wait in a waiting room i couldn't imagine waiting in a waiting room being like well, <laughs> well here it goes you know, here it is yeah <laughs> now never. Least, you know at least they don't announce it like it's a bingo card like they just throw <laughs> it out there <laughs> like who's here for the colonoscopy and like, you just hang like, your head like, in shame <laughs> so but you know to bring this back right a commercially available genomic test that's pretty neat uh yeah. kind of goes it's like the same kind of idea except it's not necessarily a colonoscopy it's kind of it kind of feels like it could be and it's just like generic but it seems like it's just more of a test um which is neat and i hope that they take what we're talking about here and make it discrete packaging because that's also uh not something that people want other their neighbors to know about is like sure. hey, i'm testing for prostate cancer right like, right yeah. so. just like um i don't even know put put a symbol of uh cake on yeah. it. you got a box of cake people are like yeah, wow guys very well, happy birthday <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you just get all like, these after that <laughs> They're like, wait, John's birthday isn't until April and it's February. This right. is fishy. <laughs> Maybe it's his dog's dog's birthday. Hopefully it's accurate. Um, you know, right. and anytime that's good news, anytime there's anytime that there's research on cancer that's in a good positive light, I'm right. on board. I agree. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, we have urology data gets flushed down the drain. There it is. Get it? Yeah. A Wisconsin urology practice is notifying patients of an email hacking incident that exposed patients' health data. The Wisconsin Institute of Urology announced last week that a cyber criminal hacked into an employee email account exposing patients' protected health information. The practice became aware of suspicious activity related to the employee's email last May. The cyber attack impacted patients' information, including dates of birth, medical treatments, medical diagnosis, and health insurance information. The Institute set up a call center to answer questions and concerns related to the data breach. They are also recommending that all impacted individuals review their account statements and monitor their credit reports. Woof. Woof, indeed. <laughs> so um, this is a specialist organization, so I can't imagine it's that's a very huge organization sure. in terms of how many employees there are, which just goes to show you that people who are hacking are trying to target healthcare organizations because of the uh, information that they could get. Mm -hmm. And they're especially targeting those smaller organizations because, you know, stereotypically it's easier to get into those systems. Sure. Um, the organization is taking the right steps in this particular instance. Um, you're required by law, according to the Department of Health and Human Services, mm -hmm. um, to, you know, provide some sort of remediation in area for people to contact you regarding the breach that happened. And they also notified um, media outlets, which is also good. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times what we see, Maria, and since this is your first podcast, I don't expect you to know this, but a lot of times what we see is whenever there's a breach, a lot of organizations will set up uh, credit monitoring reports, which is cool. Yeah. The problem with that is, though, is usually it's only about like a 12 month span, which is a long time, sure. But since every hacker 
or since every breach is kind of having this sort of implementing this 12 month period, if I was the hacker now, I'm not, if you're, if you're a hacker and you're listening to this, you get know, out of here. Yeah. This isn't you know, bleep <laughs> this out because it's a very good idea. But Every if I was a hacker, you know, I would hack this organization, mm-hmm. get their data, wait 12 months after the credit monitoring report, uh, offering is over. Right. And then start to use that information. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, you wait it out and reap the benefits, but yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. They're doing, they're doing all the right stuff. Mm-hmm. So rough. I couldn't imagine. Oh my God. I'd be so upset. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think, you know, it's always, it always sucks when, when breaches happen. Yeah. And, but, and I've said this before, it seems like at this point, your sensitive information isn't necessarily sensitive information anymore. Right. Right. Because there is no possible way that if these giant organizations, uh, obviously this one isn't a giant organization, but there's no possible way that, you know, if, if this massive credit monitoring company um, gets breached, has millions of companies or organizations that work with them and millions of clients and all that information, and they lose 2 million records, if they can't keep track of their data, there's no way that Mr. Hacker can keep track of their data either. So it's like, I feel like the chances of you getting breached are higher than the chances of your breached data getting used. That's fair. Because there's so much data that's breached. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Wild. Definitely wild. Yeah. Crazy. I, I, you know, and I'm just having a thought and it really only somewhat has something to do with this. So feel free to use this or not. I'm thinking about data. I was watching Mm -hmm. something yesterday. Mm -hmm. Did you know that in the universe, data is the only thing that cannot be destroyed? That's pretty abstract. I don't really. <laughs> that's like that's like, like I said. You don't. <laughs> no, no. Keep it in. Keep it in. No. No. I went down a in. YouTube rabbit hole. So it's how does uh, how does I don't that I don't so how like, does that um if like data were to go into a black hole sure um it would not necessarily get stuck in there mm-hmm. because it doesn't necessarily have. I don't have the terms, but long story short, no, it doesn't have like a certain horizon. I think it's like okay. a, it's, I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a degree. So anyways, um, <laughs> data will go into the black hole and it can come out as different data. It doesn't get destroyed. Okay. It's just nice. Altered. Yeah. As, as that's the theory. Obviously we haven't been able to. Uh, that's wild. Quantum, so quantum if you want to test this theory out, send an email to <laughs> blackhole at gmail.com and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And this and is then, totally not a phishing attempt. And it's it's not me on the other side at <laughs> all. Just stealing your information. No, no, no. <laughs> That's my hacking. That's how I do it. I'm just a black hole. Paxton Nationwide Hack. Current and former employees of Paxton Media Group received a letter over the weekend reporting that their names, addresses, and other personal information had been revealed in a data breach. Paxton Media Group owns newspapers in Kentucky, North Carolina, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee. The company identified suspicious activity on its computer back in March. This led them to open an investigation that determined the company was the victim of a cyber attack that allowed an unauthorized actor 
to copy information from the system between February 6th and March 20th. So this is kind of interesting because it's like, it's like a breach, but since they're like a media, I feel like this is kind of like a, this hacker was like kind of like a troll <laughs> because <laughs> he didn't just, he didn't just tell them like via email that I have your information. He sent them a letter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, is it a handwritten letter? Is it like a ransom letter? Where, I was where say, it's like, like a magazine cutout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With different fonts and stuff. It's like, what is going on? That's wild. Maybe he thought it'd be more effective because they're a news organization. Maybe. Maybe he's but, just to be artistic with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes they got a little artistic, art, artistic traits to them, I guess. He's quirky. Um, so this particular breach doesn't seem like there was that much information that was necessarily taken. Names and addresses and other personal information. Who knows what other personal information is in this case? But, I mean, you could arguably probably find more information on mm -hmm. Facebook um, just by, you know, going from profile to profile and finding names and addresses that way than mm -hmm. the personal information that was leaked from this small newspaper organization. Very true. Although I guess it's not necessarily small because they've got a lot of states. But I mean, if traditional media outlets didn't have a hard enough time trying to figure out how to advance themselves in the modern world, world Maria, now they got to deal with this breach. I don't know. It's tough stuff. It's hard out here. Yeah, it's hard out here to be a traditional journalist. <laughs> really, it sure is. That's why I just I keep it in my personal journal, you know, and right. I'm a critic and I think I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. Are you the person who sent the letter to this Paxton nationwide? Off the record? No. The Paxton Media Group? Okay, good. <laughs> Off the record? No. <laughs> yeah. I was worried there for a second. It was me. You could tell people like, it was me. I think that would be me. You know, like all. Like, it's like, like a Scooby-Doo movement <laughs> moment where they're like, off the record, rips off the mask. It was me. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Maria Mulgrew. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.